Welcome to the Odds Checker Cheltenham Preview Podcast. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by four expert guests. Take you through them quickly so we can get to the action. We've got Nick Schofield, Odds Checker Ambassador and Cheltenham Festival winning jockey. How you doing, Nick? Hello, hello. And uh, 2018 Arkle winning trainer, hopefully, Harry Whittington. Good to see you, George. And uh, Odds Checker's resident tipster, Andy Holding, is here as well. Hi, George. Good to be here. And pro punter and owner of On The Blind Side, Mike Spence, makes up the four. Hi. Four of us here. I'm not going to say much. I've got about as much interesting to say about racing as Piers Morgan does about football or anything else for that matter. So I'm going to try and stay silent and just going to go through them race to race, speak to the experts about what they reckon and, uh, and go from there. And if we, you know, no one's got anything to say at all, we'll, we'll miss it out. So starting with the Supreme, we've got Getterbird, the 7-4 favourite, Kalashnikov 6-1, to one, Mengli Khan 12, Somerville Boy 12, about 16-1 to one bar. Uh, look at Getterbird, Willie Mullins obviously has a great record in this race, um, Millen second, Mellon second, Duvan winning it, Vittor winning it. Mike, how do you think Getterbird stacks up compared to, compared to that company? I, th- I think he's a better horse than, than Mellon was. I think he's a, good, a very good horse. I don't think he's in the elites of Duvan and, and to some extent Min, although he's, he's no Duvan, he's a very smart horse. But um, I, I, at the moment, I think he's priced on the, on the Richie and Mullins factor rather than what he's actually done on the course. He, he won well last time, but the time wasn't electric. But at the same time, he couldn't have done any more than he did. I mean, I, th- I think he's, it, it looks a weak supreme. I don't think there's a star in there. So he's not going to have to be Duvan level to win the race, I don't think. But I, I think there's a few in there that could step up. And I, I don't think it's going to be a formality by any sense of the name. Who are you eyeing up as being ones that he could come into? Well, my, my, to be fair, my main bet of the week was going to be claim and take and Fulgen until he flopped last time out. Uh, I, I think first time out, I think he was... He was 25 lengths faster from the four pole to the finish than the, the very good mayor's hurdle on the card at Newbury that day. And then at Ascot last time, the, the time before his last runner, you know, he jumped like a champion hurdler. He travelled like a champion hurdler. I, I thought he was an absolute, you know, I thought he just had to turn up in the Supreme the way it was looking. But he went up to Musselburgh and, you know, things, they didn't go right. He didn't travel like he can do. He didn't even jump like he can do. Um, yet to really hear any reason of, of why he did flop that day, but he's still on course with the Supreme, they say. I mean, if he was back to his best, he's certainly the one to beat for me. Um, Kalashnikov sets a good standard. I mean, I'd like to have seen him travel slightly better in the Betfair hurdle, but the way he <laughs> saw it out certainly was, was taking. Um, I can't have Somerville Boy and Mengli calm myself. I, I just don't think Even though Somerville Boy beat, you know... Has, has, a, has form over and has last run over Kalashnikov? I think so, yeah. I mean, his, his form at Cheltenham before then wouldn't be good enough to win a Supreme. And I, I just the way that Kalashnikov travelled through the toll, it was clear he was hating that ground. Um, I think he just wants better ground. He's a very fast horse, Kalashnikov. I think he's talented. Yeah, I could, unless it was a real bog, which is highly unlikely, I, I can't see Kalashnikov finishing behind Somerville Boy with a, with a clear run, really. And Andy, it's an interesting one. I know you're very keen on your, your speed figures, and I think yeah. that in, in kind of novice hurdle company, it's, it's always interesting because you, you know, you're trying to compare apples and pears, really, sometimes with the, with the Irish form and the English stuff. Yeah. Um, how do you see this, this panning out? It's funny that, because um, Mike was saying that he hadn't got a particularly good time for Get a Bird, and yet I, I did. <laughs> I got a very good time for Get a Bird when he won in Punchestown. Certainly on a par with Vator, uh, historically anyway, Min and Duvan. Virtually the same, really. Um, this is the overall time, not sectionals. If you want to go into the realms of sectionals, well, then it's a different ball game. The one thing I will say about Getterbird, he's a relentless galloper. 
and he stays further. He almost, I think, gone back to two miles by default. I think they thought he was a two and a half mile horse. That was how they panned out his season. But he showed so much speed in the Moscow Flyer. I think they've had a change of heart. And particularly now Sam Crow's going down the other route, he's kind of opened up this division quite nicely. I don't think it's a particularly strong two-mile division this year. I think certainly this side of this side of the RSC um, is, I wouldn't say substandard, but we haven't got any superstars, let's say. So I think he is a worthy favourite on what he's done. Um, he, he's quite a big-boned horse. Um, he hits the ground quite hard. That would be my only reservation if they were to get good ground in the going description. But given all the, the snow and the, the forecast for next week, it's going to go a mile and we're going to get some rain. I think it will ride on the soft side. And that will definitely help him coming down the hill. He's almost like a, um, like a how can I use the analogy, like a Steve Cram rather than a, a Seb Co. <laughs> <laughs> he's a grinder. He does, he's not pretty to look at, yeah. but he doesn't half gallop. Mm. Uh, and he's got so many similarities to Vator and Duvan of very similar types. Um, I haven't backed Getterbird, even though I'm flagging him up as a worthy favourite, because I do think there are others in the race that deserve a little bit more respect than what the bookmakers have given them. Um, Paloma Blue is one that I put up on Oddschecker a few weeks ago, Henry de Bromheads. Um, people will probably be scoffing at that, but he was the only horse in that race in the Deloitte, which is the best two-mile Irish race um, coming into the festival, to give Sam Crow any kind of a race. And he was very, very keen early on. Only a really good horse like him could do what he did at Leopardstown. He was so free and fresh early on. Davey couldn't hold him. He made a couple of mistakes down the back, and yet he still come on the bridle at the turning for home. I think he's a very good horse, Paloma Blue. Um, Interesting, Six, 16 to 1, Paloma Blue is best price pretty much across the board. Yeah, and if, you, if you're just using a horse as a guide, Impact Factor, who um, get a bird beat the time before, well, Paloma Blue dished out a similar beating to Impact Factor at Leopardstown on his previous run. I'm not saying he's going to win Paloma Blue, but I do think he'll be there or thereabouts because he's got a high cruising speed, he jumps well, and I think the big field on better ground because I don't think he's been really liking the Irish heavy ground will really suit him um, away from that then obviously we'll have to respect um, Harry's horse if he runs because yeah. um, we'll, we'll get on to him um, I thought it was a really good run behind um, Harry Fry's horse at Kempton Musselburgh probably didn't suit him I would have thought yeah uh, Musselburgh uh, I couldn't really say that um, you know we were delighted with his run he, he missed a couple of hurdles especially the last which cost him the race you know, Sean Byrne got off him and said, if I jumped the last and landed and, and was running, I, I would have beaten him, you know, I would have won the race. So, um, so I, yeah, I mean, he, at the end of the day, simply, I mean, Kempton didn't go well at all, to be honest. He was, he was too free, he didn't really settle. Uh, this is simply the bets, for those who are wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. simply the bets, obviously. Um, and he, he won his bumper nicely anyway in, in September and, um, and then... October and November didn't go great. Uh, he sort of filled out. He was, he's a big lump of a horse. Um, he went a bit weak on us. He had a little bit of ringworm at the beginning of November and I got held up to the end of November. Um, and he ran a, a, a great race there. It turned into a bit of a, a test against Lost in Translation. And, um, uh, and we've now figured out the way that we need to ride him, which is the way we rode him at Musselburgh. And, um, uh, you know, and obviously that's where the, all the improvement came from. So, um, you know, obviously that was a, a great run. Um, with claiming taking Forgan, who um, was probably not his best, um, but at, at the same time, you know, it, we were just happy to see our horse back on track and you know showing on the track what he does at home because at home he is a very very talented horse, very good workhorse, 
Um, I still think that he's going to be a much stronger horse next year and he's probably you know, not ready to go and um, you know, run a, or win a Supreme this season. You know. But the way he's ridden and, and he's very talented and if Sean Byrne gets the same tune out of him, which I'm sure he will, um, you know, he'll be ridden off the pace and, you know, if they get racing early and it's, if there's a bit of a collapsing pace, he might just you know, fall into a place. You know. I think he'll run in the first half if, if, of the field, you know, we wouldn't run him if we didn't think that he was capable of doing that. So, um, you know, he might be a, a little each way squeak, you know, but I'm just not sure um, he's ready to go and win a race like this this year. But I think that he could win a race like this next year, you know, because, um, you know, he is a big lump of a horse. He's only five and he will strength, strengthen up a, a hell of a lot for a summer break and he will be, a um, you know, £10 better horse next year. As you mentioned, he would, you know, he'd be able to run in, in novice company again next year. If he's well, he will, so, exactly. That's yeah. the plan. You know, he's going to run in the Supreme and, you know, he, he, obviously if he gets beaten, he's still a novice for next season. So, you know, that will be it, you know, two weeks out in the field and, uh, and then we'll campaign as a novice next season, yeah. So Simply the Bet is best price 40 to 1. That's with Betfair, despite being as short as 25s elsewhere. Some of the other horses we mentioned. I'm, I'm glad, sorry, that I'm very glad that, um, that Andy's mentioned him because that's nice, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't courtesy. Because actually, actually a few people have actually and, you know, we were at a, um, I was at a preview evening last night and there was one or two that said, you know, these, you, you could easily back him each way off his last run and things. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that we, you know, we're going with a, a horse that, you know, is capable of running, you know, into a frame, perhaps in a Supreme this year would be fantastic. Certainly not just making up the numbers. Um, claimant, uh, claimant taking Forgan, as Mike mentioned, is 16 to 1 best price. That's also with, with Betfair. Um, and as I said, Get a Bird is seven or four favourite with uh, Ten Bet and Sport Pisa, uh, the ones who are sticking their neck out at seven or four, as short as five to four elsewhere. Nick, anything to add to that for the Supreme? <laughs> the boys have covered it very, very well. But um, as in previous years, you know, the Irish English form, how do you sort of judge it? But um, the Irish have come out on top, and I was hugely impressed at Leopardstown, the way Get a Bird just come around the bend and draw clear. And um, although he's unproven on this better ground, um, you know, he, he's the most logical one watching visually that has been the most impressive. Um, I was mightily impressed by Kalashnikov, the way I was on a good 130 off of Harry Fry's in Misterton, jumping two out, you know, where there was a gruelling race and I looked across and the way Jack come past me, you know, suggested you didn't go past like a 140 horse, you know, he's probably a solid 150, yeah. 155 horse. And yeah. um, I, I know Amy Murphy's in the paper saying it'd be better for better ground, but he seemed to relish that heavy ground at Newbury and mm. so ground conditions shouldn't be a problem to him and um, he's certainly from the English point of view I think he stands above and um, the Tollworth can always be a funny race and I don't think he can take the form too literally, literally from yeah. Somerville Popoy and you know ironic on melodic rendezvous and he was never good enough for us yeah. you know a um for a supreme novice so um I, I was very impressed but for hurdle form does have him does have solid form but um it's between those them two as the betting suggests but i suppose getterbird has you know the right connections and it's hard to steer away from that interesting we went to go and see amy murphy last week in newmarket um so keep your eye out for for the videos there and and it was interesting going down to the gallops uh, the, you know with her and everyone at Newmarket asking her how Klashikov is doing, and she was saying that because you know not very often Newmarket has Cheltenham fancy, so the whole the whole town is basically taking him under their wing. So fingers crossed for Amy, fingers crossed for Harry too. Look out, there'll be a video about simply the bets coming out. Uh, the odds checker made as well when we went to go and see you too. 
Um, moving on now to the Arkle, and whilst we all have our fingers firmly crossed for you, Harry, for um, simply the bets, I think this is where it gets really interesting. Um, St. Calvados is 11-2, to two, third favourite for the Arkle, and what a kind of eight weeks it's been for this unbelievable horse. Yeah, uh, quite unbelievable for all of us as well, that connected with the horse and Andrew and Kate Brooks and all of Andrew's team, you know, it's it's um, it's been... You know, roller coaster of um, you know um, excitement, and um, yeah, we're you know touching wood, crossing fingers, and everything else. Um, you know, uh, he seems in great form at home, so you know, we're looking forward to it. I was pretty annoyed. I saw her after the Kingmaker quotes of eight to one around, and when I checked the next morning, they're all gone, and it's now basically fives across the board, which is a blow because I missed the boat. Um, is he still a big price at that? I don't know. I mean, possibly, I, mean I, I think personally that on you know bare form, he's. You know, he is just a five-year-old at the end of the day, isn't he? But um, a very talented one at that. But anyway, you know, we'll see. But we'll ask uh, we'll ask these guys maybe without their rose-tinted glasses to assess whether or not he's still a bet at eleven or two. What do you reckon, Mike? I, th- I think he, he's probably overpriced at eleven to two without trying to say that he's necessarily the one to beat. I, I mean, I don't think there's an awful lot between <laughs> the top three in the market. It's, it's probably more where I'm coming from. He was electric at Warwick. I mean, the time that was so much better furlong to furlong than any other horse on the card that day. I, th- I think he was 15.2 seconds and nothing else on the card was going less than 16. I mean, it, it stacks up very well. There was an older, there was a, a very good handicap on the card that day, albeit over slightly further. This is still furlong for furlong. I mean, footpad sets a very good standard. He, he does... It's very hard to knock him. He, he was very impressive last time out, and Petit Michois sure to improve from that. Whether he can turn around the form is, you know, is it, that's another question to itself. How, how ready was he? Um, I'm he's sure certainly, he um, have been certainly talent, talented enough to turn it around, isn't exactly, it? It's whether yeah, or not he is. jumps, you know. But he is a very, you know, he's a. Obviously, he was uh, always beat footpad in his hurdle races, didn't he? And, um, um, you know. It looks a superb article, to be fair. I think, you know, six, six, six eight weeks ago, it looked like Footpower was a bit of a banker. And now, I, I you know, personally... We could do with an easier article, couldn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we could. <laughs> Why do we want it to be easy? Pick though? the hardest one. Um, Andy, how do you reckon that, you know, the form of, of St. Calvados and Footpad stack up against each other? They're very difficult to assess um, in total comparison. Um, obviously, I've got my time figures to give me some kind of guide. Uh, Footpad, by quite considerable margin, is the quickest Irish two-mile novice, which stating the flaming obvious it's it's quite interesting really looking at the dynamics of the horse and now they've kind of like they've changed Petit Mouchoir and Footpad and Skull Royale for that matter they all ran in last year's champion hurdle and there wasn't a great deal between them Footpad was obviously usually a hold-up performer that liked to come through off the pace actually ran him over three miles didn't they towards the back end of the year at Punchestown and yet since he's gone over fences he's blazed the trail he likes to get on with it that seems to be his run style but that's also Petit Mouchoir's run style. That's when he's at his best. And Footpad got Petit Mouchoir out of his comfort zone at Lepizan. I was there that day, and they went a right gallop past me in front of the stands. And that's when Petit Mouchoir's mistakes began to creep in. People have um, come to the conclusion, oh, Petit Mouchoir had a... Uh, he, he's bound to be better for the run, blah, blah, blah. That was his first run for a while. But I'd just be concerned with Petit Mouchoir with not only footpad in the race, but obviously Harry St. Calvados, who really like to rip, whether he's got the jumping technique to sort of keep himself in the piece. And he's not the kind of horse I don't think he's going to go and, you know, 
find four or five lengths if he's made mistakes when these guys are like keeping galloping. So out of the front three in the market, I'd be least keen on Petit Mouchoir. Um, without no riding tactics and who's going to do what, that first half mile is how the blueprint of the race is going to work out. It's all right sitting, or sitting here and saying, well, this horse is better than him, he's four lengths better than him. But whoever jumps those first three or four fences, gets into a good rhythm and gets the confidence up, if you make a mistake in those first three, four fences, because they're going to go hell for leather, I presume, because St. Calvados doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hold any prison. He doesn't want to die not knowing. Footpad, obviously, we know he likes to make the running. Petit Mouchoir likes He's a free-going type. Anything could happen in those... It sounds to me like it's set up for something off the pace. Well, this is it. The way I'm looking at it here, if I was going to have a bet in the race, I haven't had a bet at the moment, but I do think Sco Royale is the kind of horse that will just creep in behind the speed he likes a fast pace his Henry VIII time was very fast his jumping's he, good enough isn't it he's very held slick up and kind of yeah. you know just tip away doing his own thing to two and then come there you know yeah. he, he, he reminds me of very promising um, back in the day David Nicholson's horse he's not overly big mm. he's not scope he doesn't look like a, a chaser he's, but he's a much better chaser than he was a hurdler because he gets over his fences really slick so he's the one who has got no pressure on the first half of the race yeah I don't know who's going to ride him because I presume Daryl Jacob will ride footpad. Um, I'd say Ruby ride footpad. Yeah. Possibly yeah. Ruby. Yeah, I mean, what's, what, what, it's a bit what, up in the air. Then. What, Is it or? I think um, Daryl's stable jockey to the English horses, so he'll yeah. ride to go right and Ruby will probably ride Is that right? That okay. could be a marriage made in yeah. heaven, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. A nice, sit, patient, judge, great judge of tactics, Ruby. Yeah, he'll have licence just to basically do what he wants. Mm. Three or four lengths off the speed. Creep, creep, creep. We know he handles Cheltenham as well. That's another thing. I know he got beat by... North Hill Harvey, who's four for four on the track and is a complete no-hoper. Um, so, if you, like I say, it's all about... I couldn't back any of the front three in the market because with any great degree of confidence because I just don't know who's going to lead and how they're going to go. But I know that Sco Royale is not going to get involved. And from an each-way perspective, it's hard to see him if he gets a clear run, not at mm. least jumping into that yeah. front three because of how the race will pan out. They're not all going to stay there, are they? No. There's going to be cracks in either Harry's horse or... Fingers crossed they're on. Fingers crossed they're on, but something's, <laughs> got, to, something's got to give. They, they can't all run flat out for two miles without making any mistakes, yeah. and without yeah. one or two dropping yeah. out. It's yeah. just an impossibility. Well, one thing I would say about um, St. Calvados, and it might be different against those three horses, because obviously they were, you know, third, fourth and sixth in the champion hurdle last year. But, um, you know, the one thing about him is that... Because um, my next-door neighbours being quoted as saying Harry's horse goes a million miles an hour but he doesn't actually go a million miles an hour he's actually just hacking you know he has that sort of extraordinary yeah. um, you know uh, cruising speed cruising speed mm. you know uh, you know natural speed whereby <clears throat> he's sort of in third gear rather than you know um, so yeah I, at the end of the day you know he hasn't been flat out yet but those sort of types of horses probably <laughs> will take him on and he will have have to go quicker yeah. than what he has been going, potentially. There's an interesting market, the bet pair I've got of, of without footpad, um, looking at those kind of other horses around there. Petit Mouchoir, 15 to 8. St. Carvados, 11 to 4. Sorayal, 100 to 30. Uh, maybe one for your, for your gritty each way multis there as well. Well, basically, you've got four places there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if yeah. some firms go 7 to 200 to 30 on the day, court the odds, it's almost like a free bet, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Unless he hits the floor. Mm. Um, you almost need the MPH on the front three in the market, don't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how, fast, how, how fast can footpad St. Calvados run in the first half mile of a race? Obviously, we can do sectionals. We can work out, oh, yeah, he's you know, yeah. Done, done 20 seconds between that fence and that <laughs> fence. But, but we just haven't got the, the kind of raw data to know who's the quickest mm-hmm. um, in the first part.
And Nick, if you were, you know, if you're lining up here and you know they're going to be going absolutely tearing away, would you be looking just to kind of sit and be patient? You got every horse is individual, and you got to ride to your strengths. But I was going to ask Harry a question: Saint Cavados, Newbury, Warwick, mm. Altoy, all flat tracks, will he be right going up? Yeah, I think I. Well, personally, I I'd be more worried about ground and undulations. Mm. Um, you know, Aidan, uh, you know thinks that he'll be better on better ground and so does Cosy who rides him every day but as the person who trains him I can't see it because he's sans descent you know they're generally soft ground horses well they are and he you know has that knee action and he goes through it very well you know um, so you know I, 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 I'm more hopeful if it comes up soft you know um, than it's let's say good to soft um, for sure um, so I'd be more worried about ground but undulations yeah um, that's that's a fair fair question and um they're gonna be trapping down uh, that hill yeah they? exactly yeah they <laughs> no i i he listen i i i might i might be wrong but i'm less worried about it because you know he he um he has a lot of class um uh, for one um and he is you know to ride him um not that i'm ever ever allowed to ride him but i've ridden him once uh, you know he is just you know, one of those horses is just so well balanced. You know, he's just, you know, yeah, he's yeah. so light on his feet, and he just, he's just for a big horse, he's just, you know, extremely well balanced. And I think, I think it'd be fine. I think if I don't step in, we're going to just turn into the Saint Calvados podcast. So I think we better move on now because we've got a lot of races to get through. And looking now at the ultimate handicap, handicap chase, um, we will approach these handicaps, I think, in a way where if anyone's got anything to say or any or any horses to flag up, we'll go for it. If not, we'll we'll kind of skip through it. So. Anyone willing to anyone want to propose a case for any of these? Any of these here? Well, I think the one thing to say is the Irish done a particularly strong record in this race. I don't think they really treat it with any great seriousness. Yet some you know, UK trainers obviously have good records. Um, Nicky Henderson's won it before. He's won it with classy types as well. Um, and I do think Gold Present has that ability to be better than a handicapper. Um, the time figure that the race he posted when he won at Ascot probably one of the best ones of the year in, in that category and there's so many horses that have come out and won out of that since uh, even horses like Fortune at Georgia were like 7th or 8th and beaten them you know 40 lengths have come out and advertised the form I'm not sure why he didn't run in the yeah I was going to ask um, he didn't run he was pulled out of uh, the last race yeah he? he was he was really strong he was back to anti-post yeah. all week he was like 6, 7 to 1 well on fancy, the Sunday yeah. and then he, he was 7 to 2 on the Wednesday or the Thursday and he got pulled out um, perhaps Mike might be able to shed some light, yes. being, so, um, having an angle I in the yard. He's the soundest of horses. I wouldn't, I right. as an anti-post right. proposition, right. he's probably not mm. the best. The, he's not the most sound. And non-run, no bet's different kettle of fish. But the, you know, the moment that non-run, no bet, the sort mm. of prices they're going to be on the day at the moment, I'd be much more mm. willing just to wait until the day and see him actually lining up there in in good shape. But. You know, he's not had that much racing. Was he? Is it two starts this season? He's had three, hasn't he? Three. three. Two um, or three. But, you know, for a handicapper at his level, that, that's not that much racing no. either. And, and, you know, I'm not saying he's, he's obviously a very talented horse, but keeping him sound is obviously the, the you issue. know, missing all the engagements that he has. It's clearly mm. not the ideal prep for for Cheltenham. And, yeah. you know, yeah, it's an anti-post proposition. He's probably not, even though... On the day he might, he could be. So he's ten to one best price, but those are with firms who aren't on run no bet. So the best you're going to get with that insurance is eight to one uh, for Gold Present in the ultimate handicap. Um, if he does, I mean, just interject. If he does run, he'll go five to one. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So if yeah, you yeah. if you are if you do know the knowledge he's going to run, you're prepared to take a chance. Then that that ten to one looks a good price. I think he does need genuinely 
good, good to soft at worst to be at his absolute best. Um, looking at his career record, and of course he finished second last year in the in the, the yeah, Close Brothers. So he's got Cheltenham form. Um, that aside, I do think single farm payment's got a chance. Single farm payment, 12 to 1 and 10 to the NRMB firms. If you look on your odds checker grids, you'll see there, there's a line at the top uh, with all the firms who do offer that um, insurance. It has a little tick, so make sure you do bet with them if you don't want to um, lose your cash if it doesn't run. Um, moving on now to the champion hurdle. Um, Bouverdeau obviously going for the double, having won it last year. Um, sadly, no 5 to 1 around this year, though. Uh, it's SP last time. 4 to 7 best price. You know, is that justified? Is, is this is this a bit of a banker of the festival? I think it's impossible to, you know, gun to my head if I'm backing or laying at four to seven. I'm most certainly not going to lay him. He's. I think the only horse, um, actually, um, that um, could potentially or run him close or give him a race um, is my tent or yours. No, I yeah, yeah. I, mm. I mean, I, I'm probably a bit biased because I, I looked after him as a, and had him in as a, when I was pre-training for Nicky as a as a three-year-old. And he was always just so, so talented. Um, and he worked really well, didn't he, the other day. Um, in his, it was a couple of days ago in his racehorse gallop, I think it was. And, um, uh, and apparently he's, the, the vibes from the camper that he's, you know, in, in great form. Um, and he's, you know, he ran, he ran a great race last time, didn't he? And yeah. um, he was second in it last year. So... Um, whether or not, I mean, I suppose he can't really turn the form around, can he? But, I mean, so. his form figures at Cheltenham are absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, you know, he's never out the two. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I don't want my role in this podcast to be providing the, um, the punters with the gritty each ways. But again, seven and two with Hills but without, um, without Bouverdeau, three places, just seems like an absolute yeah, bet to nothing, really, yeah. isn't it? I've been back in the source anti-post all winter. Um, basically, from an each way perspective, yeah. if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I see a bad each way or so I'm putting my ten to yours in my each way double... Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I've got more place money going on than win money because yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think the win part of the bet is, is a viable option. Are you, are you doing it on the without market or on the? Well, you, you, you could do that as well. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think if you wanted to be a real each way maggot, then, yeah, <laughs> then you know you look at Sco Royale without the favourite seven or two, and you put my ten to yours in without the favourite. But to be fair, I think it's twelve to one, fourteen to one, or whatever he is, he'll be in the first three anyway. His record around Cheltenham suggests that his form's good as well this year. I mean, mm. the good thing I like about my ten to yours that I have in previous years is that he's actually finding plenty off the bridle. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a better horse now, isn't yeah. he, almost? Because he's more like relaxed and professional. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's become a better horse yeah. since he was a younger horse. Yeah, I mean, don't forget... Like you say, he's, he's, he's finishing his races off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, what was it um, when he was beaten in the Supreme? Was it Champagne Fever? That's right, when yeah. When he just pulled so hard. Mm. Um, and AP said, I've never known a horse pull so hard for a mile and a half and still... You know, run as well as he did. You know, it was. Yeah. Um, but now that he does relax and he's so much more professional, he enjoys his racing. He's kind of become a better horse, hasn't he? And mm. he, you know, we we know now he handles soft ground, whereas perhaps before you used to pigeonhole him as a good ground horse. The fact that he beat, you know, Mellon, who's a reasonable yardstick, and more predominantly um, um, the new one, and he outstayed those up the hill. Mm. You're thinking, oh, will he go and do it? When he did, oh, that was on the new course as well. Um, he's got good form, as I can say, on the inner track, the sharper track. It's hard to see Martin to yours not being in the first three. If you gave me a banker bet on day one, mm. I, I wouldn't even pick Getterbird or, or Footpad or, yeah. or, for that matter, Bouverdeau. I'd say that around about yeah. six to four, seven to four a place, or each way, Martin yeah. to yours has almost got to be the pick. It's interesting that, and also, I mean, looking at the field as well, I think if you told us 18 months ago that we'd have a champion hurdle with Faheen at 13 to 2, York Hill at 12s, Mellon at 16s, and Wicklow Brave all, all in the betting at 20s, you'd have been told you were crazy. But yeah. this is where we are at the moment. I mean, 
how many of them do you expect to get there? Can we see a turnaround of form from any of these Mullins sources that seem to have slightly dropped off? Can't York Hill's the interesting one. Yeah, York Hill's the non-runner no better. I think he's he's ten to one. I mean, he's never been beaten at the Cheltenham, never been beat at the festival. Two from two. Mm. I mean, I mean the the obvious question mark is his form this year, but you know with. With Duvan, it's obviously a question mark around him, but with Min going for the champion chase and Underso going for the Ryan out, I find it hard to think that he won't go for the champion. Obviously, you've got non-run no bet anyway, but you know if he turns up at in the champion hurdle, he's not going off 10-1. to 1. No. Um, he's, an yeah, he's an extraordinary... Yeah. He's an extraordinary talented horse. The speed, the natural speed that he's got, you know, to win the JLT mm. and beat top-notch Politolog... Um, I can't remember who Disco and all the others in that race. You know the way he did last year. You know, and he won the Neptune as well. There's a novice, novice hurdler. Right? I mean, he's a very talented horse. He's got to put it together. But you know, if there was one horse that might give Bovadera a fright, it's it's potentially York Hill on his day. Interestingly, I've just spotted, and this seems almost too good to be true, that Paddy Power eleven or two, non no bet without without the fav, which I think looks quite interesting. I think I'm seeing. Mike's eyes light up it's there. It's interesting, yeah. He's probably not on each way bet. I mean, I mean, if, if he gets there, though, that's not going to hang around, is it? No, that's not going to be there, non-run, no bet. I mean, the, the thing is, he's been so out of form this year that you wouldn't want to be taking a chance. I wouldn't want yeah. to be backing him each way. I mean, I'd probably rather back him win only at double figures. Mm. You know, he's, he's not going to go off double figures. And if he's back to his best, he, he does have a very mm. solid chance. And we, we spoke earlier, Nick, and you said that, you know, taking no chances that, that Bivadair was, was your napper the first day. And right, obviously, I'm a jockey. I'm not allowed to bet. So this each way malarkey. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going for the winner. The um, one you'd most like to ride. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just the obvious winner, Bivadair. Like, he's only seven. Like, you mentioned ten, my ten years. He's an 11-year-old, 14, 10. Like, they're getting on for a champion idol, for my opinion. And Bivadair's done nothing wrong. Jumps awesome. Travels well. It'll be a matter of Barry just tracking the pace. He'll pull him out, turning in, and... He'll jump the last, and for me, like I don't think it's a vintage champion hurdle. No, you know, if Forheen was good, but you can't go there with any confidence. From it's a bit of a Galacticos champion hurdle, isn't yeah. it? Kind of <laughs> big names, but at the moment it's not I think really great. For be. me, like I'm picking the winner and Beaver there, and the rest, you know, you're looking to sort of pick up the pieces. I can see him winning by five lengths personally. Mm. Can we see any of the any of the runners at bigger prices? We've mentioned all the ones, the kind of the the, the main ones. Anyone else? Not unless Beaver there is well Hands below up. his best. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. So Bivadair wins champion hurdle. Good to, good to get that one out of the way. Um, the and my turn of yours will be in the frame. That is, that is, we'll get to the naps afterwards, but I think we know what Andy's is going to be. Um, so moving on now to the mares. And as I said, we, we, we shot some videos before um, talking to these guys about their, their best bets. So I'm going to come to Mike first, who took no chances here um, and said Apples Jade, who is four to six with uh, Labrooks, Betfair, Coral, 10 bet and sporting bet and sport Pisa. Just wins I, I just it's so hard to to look at anything else in there let's dance won the mayor's novice i mean that form is it's not great at all i mean what she's been she's won one of her five starts since i mean the second and third from the mayor's novice haven't even won a race since um <laughs> vroom vroom mag was out battled last year she's she's hardly you know apples jade's gone the right way since the mayor's vroom vroom mag hasn't i mean there's that Benny Desdieu, I think that's how you pronounce it, the new Mullins horse. Who's, she's run three times over fences that they say they're going to run her. I, I mean, for me, it seems like an afterthought that they don't want to run against the boys over fences. I mean, I mean that leaves you with Le Bagaroy, who's, I mean... One great trick said best, best horse he's trained. I, think. I know, but... Well, she might be on soft ground, though. But yeah. yeah. Mm. But, I, I mean, Apple's Jade... 
you know, four to six, it's a bit like Bovaday. I mean, do do I do I want six to four the field or four to six apples jade? I mean, like, even if all those mares turned up, and I very much doubt that Richie and Mullins are going to run all three anyway. I mean, I'd be very surprised if she's four to six on the day. And you know, I th I think Bovaday will be a, a banker for a lot of people, but I I think apples jade when. You know she's she's so consistent. She's she doesn't seem to have any cracks in her at all. Bubadair doesn't either. I I agree with him. But I mean Apples Jade to me, she's she's so tough and so consistent, and she looks better than ever. I think going into this year's race. Sounds like we can have a repeat of 2017 on day one here at Cheltenham with Apples Jade and Bouverdair going in. Um, does anyone here fancy taking on Apples Jade? There'll, there'll always be a different approach for we, me. We don't know what race Le Bagger Roy is going to run at, yeah, do no, Because you, you wouldn't give it away. Um, yeah. We were in the conference a couple of days ago, uh, what, uh, was it? But, um, yeah, I mean, she is talented, isn't she? So mm. if she turned up, she'd give her, give her a race, wouldn't she? But, um, I mean, I love training mares. Um, I really enjoy it. And um, she is, you know, uh, if, if, if I was to train one horse that's not one of my three, uh, at the festival, it would be her because really? I just think she's awesome. Yeah, um, she's been fantastic, hasn't she? What a um, race last year that was as well. Oh, unbelievable over the last. And when she won at Aintree as a as mm. a juvenile, that was just awesome. She is incredible mare. She must have some constitution. Um, you know, they don't come along those sort of mares very often, but yeah, she's she's uh, top class. Top class. Andy, coming to you now. Give mm. us some hope for, for for the bigger prices. Well, I think you've mentioned the one most likely to uh, run well if she does run. That's La Bagaroy. Um Fourteen to one with Betfair. Yeah, I've had quite a few conversations over the years about La Bagaroy with Warren, and he's, he's always um, he's been always open to the public as well to say um, the affection he holds her in. Mm. Uh, but she's she's not just style over substance. Her form is really good this year. Um, her Kempton win, I thought she should have won a lot easier than what she did, but Dickie made a bit of a mess of the last two hurdles, and it looked worse than it was. Uh, but then she broke the heart of Midnight Tune, Anthony Honeyball's horse. And that horse is a real granite stayer. It's come out once. And that, that was it? absolutely punch drunk. Mm. At, um, it's good form, isn't it? At, was it Ascot, was it? Yes. Yeah. Ascot. The two of them went hair for leather down the back. And you know, Midnight Tune came in depression that just completely and utterly faded um, at the back of the TV. And subsequently, she's won. So, you know, Warren's horse has beaten a really good good tool there um, if she were mine I'd, I'd, I'd stick her in that race he thinks she's the best day, yeah. she, he thinks she's the best horse he's ever trained mm. does she need cutting the ground again or? I don't know I, I think he's I don't think he's really that bothered about the ground it's really? just choosing the right race which is the key yeah. he's probably got six or seven good horses to beat in the stairs you know your Sam Spinners your sun, yeah. Super Sundays blah 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 whether you've just got one horse to hope that doesn't turn up on the day or run to its best because the others which race would you run in well, I can say I wouldn't be frightened of one horse. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd run it in the mare's race. Thing, the yeah. mare's category, yeah. as we've all, yeah. we all agree, is no really weak. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, why would you run over three miles against the be very best stayers? Yeah. You do get the impression that he, he feels that three miles would be better. Mm. Right, but that's okay. the, the sort of... Interesting. I think he's the reason why he's sort of leaving. That. I yeah. think that's what I'm getting. Is that She'll I improve for going to three. Yeah, I think she'd improve for three, but... But is very aware that the mares is, is probably mm. going to be an, e easier an easier option. task. Yeah. And do we see any reason why Let's Dance and Vim Vim Mag can return to kind of former glories? Mm. I no. don't think their former glories are glories. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I don't think they. I don't think they're up to the level of Apples Jade's glories. No. Yeah. Or Warren's mare. Yeah. 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 
Cool. Nick, anything to add? No, covered. So Which we one are... was your ride? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Okay. I should come to race, so who would you ride? That's how doing it. Um, so now on to the um, National Hunt Cup and the handicap chases. Again, as, as with these, I think there's, you know, if you start talking about them in, in the detail that we've done the other ones, you could be here all day. So, so just coming to you guys, any horses you want to talk about, any fancies you got? I thought no comment was in, interesting without putting him up as a bet. He's, mm. JP's won the race quite a lot of times and he's his only entry. I mean... He, he ran a promising race in a very hard race at Sandown last time on his first start of the season. I, I, I think he's interesting, maybe one to keep an eye on. If he was to turn up, he wouldn't be turning up without a chance. I think he'd be, he, he's one to keep an eye on. At the moment, he doesn't really represent a bet, but, but I think, I'm not sure if you've got the price there. Yes, yeah, 18 to 1 with Betway, but they're, non, they're not no run no bet. 16 to 1 with, with 365, who are? Yeah, I think if he was to turn up, it wouldn't be an afterthought. And, he won't be going off that big, is what I'd say. But I, I wouldn't, you know, he's not a certain runner. They haven't come out and said it. So I, I'm sort of not putting him up as a bet necessarily, but he's one to keep an eye on in the next, in the week or two leading up to Cheltenham, I think. I was just looking, um, it's now a, there used to be a 0 to 140 and you had to be rated, but now it's a 0 to 145. And I think the cutoff point is 140. So it's, it's not much in it. In, in terms of handicap, they're only sort of be, you know, bottom weight will probably be 11.4, I'd imagine, or 11.5. So, I horse I've watched all season move with the times for Paul Nichols. Um, yeah. It's only rated 142. Yeah. He was well sure. fancied going into the Supreme last year. Didn't make it for an injury or, you know, and it's been running against a lot of the novices this year. Jumping sort of um, was a bit novice to begin with, but there's no doubt Paul would have in racing terms scored the brains out of it yeah. uh, um, and he'll go there and I just think he's probably a graded horse running in a handicap um, and for me he's probably better than his official rating of 142 he is 10 to 1 again with Betway but um, non run no bet is 8 to 1 that is for the last race of the day the um, the, the novice handicap chase um, the producer's looking at me tapping his watch so we, we, we better finish up here but uh, anything to add before we just get on to the naps um, I can pass on a good strong message for the plotting shed there. Um, Seven to one, that is favourite for, for the final. Yeah, final he's race. been very well backed by connections. I don't, I don't know they do fancy him. They think they've got a well handicapped horse there. Apparently, he's had some kind of wind surgery and he had. Hope it's been declared. He's had <laughs> stomach ulcers as well. That's another one to put in the race okay. card. He's had Lovely. stomach ulcers which have been treated. Um, but he, he's forming. I mean, he's run against some very, very good horses over hurdles and he's, his chase form's not bad either. Um, I think he chased down presenting Percy at Galway on his debut, and he got beat at two lengths. And this has been the plan all season. The only problem with my, my move with the times is he's jumping. Yeah. He keeps jumping yeah. to the left. He always seems to put in an extra stride. He's, it's almost as if he's feeling something. He's, they've had problems with his back or whatever, but he'd have to improve in the jumping department to win a race of that nature. But he is talented, we know that. Perfect. So that... Uh comes to the end of, of day one I'm just going to come around quickly I don't need your explanations I think you already would have given them to me but let's just go around start with Nick what's your you, you know your nap for the day Boo there for Nick <laughs> Harry St Calvados on soft ground shock St Calvados <laughs> Andy my 10 to yours each way in the champion and Mike uh, Apples Jade there you go there you have it make sure you listen to Wednesday Thursday and Friday's podcasts um, they'll all be up at the same time so uh, so tune in